We're going to turn our attention to this now and it's a challenge that is going to face health authorities as the country prepares for a nationwide rollout of the vaccines and yes, don't say that we haven't even finished uh, vaccinating the health workers. Yes, we know but the point is at some point um, we are going to have to roll out the vaccines to beyond just the first stage and go to um, you know the second stage which is the elderly uh, and other groups of vulnerable people and the research that is being done on whether people will take the vaccine is certainly divided there isn't consensus from South Africans, at least not in the overwhelming majority, that they are happy to take this vaccine. Part of that is being blamed on some of the misinformation that has been put out there around the vaccine. And some of it is really just apprehension about the vaccine and uncertainty around what the vaccine will do to our bodies. Now, A number of experts are coming together today uh, to try and find solutions to this problem. Dr. Richard Lessels is an infectious disease specialist at the KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform and joins me now. Uh, Dr. Lessels, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Kathy, and to the listeners. Let's talk about, number one, this group of experts that is going to be gathering on this matter. What is really at the heart of your concern? Well, I, I, I think that I think that you've raised it there. It's the, mm-hmm. I, I think the Department of Science and Innovation and the Department of Health have really been trying very hard to to keep this line of communication open with the public and to keep informing the public, uh, educating the public about the, the advances in the science, the advances in our understanding of the vaccines, uh, of the virus and the virus that's, that's spreading at the moment in South Africa, and really to keep that kind of dialogue going with the public. And I think that's 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 been very impressive and and clearly very important because everything is moving very quickly and and it's critical to kind of keep that information flowing in a in a uh, kind of reliable way mm. based on on the work that you do and perhaps just also some of the research that you've seen for those people who say they will not take the the vaccine is that something that can change? So when people have more information, when they have a greater understanding, is that likely to sway their opinion? I, I, I think it's very likely. I, th- I think, as you said, uh, you used a good word there. Often often it's a kind of apprehension. It's an uncertainty. Mm. And, and people understandably want to just see a little bit more of, of what happens. And, and that's understandable because when we come with these vaccines and we present the evidence about how safe they are and how uh, efficacious they are, we're talking about clinical trials and we're talking about a, a relatively small number of people, so, so a few thousand people that have been in the clinical trials. And, and it's understandable that some people... Um, are not fully reassured by that and mm-hmm. want to see kind of bigger numbers of people getting the vaccine and to see that it's safe. And I think what we're seeing now around the world is as these vaccines are rolling out across 
populations, uh, you're seeing that, that there is that shift, that people that were initially apprehensive are then seeing that um, these vaccines are safe and they're effective and, and, and that will help to, to change their mind. And I, I fully expect that we'll see that here in South Africa as well. Mm. The concerns around the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, some of them seem to stem from the fact that South Africa is currently part of this implementation study. And most people thinking that that has a bearing on whether this is a safe enough vaccine to use. Explain the purpose of an implementation study and the kind of, you know, vaccines that people are being given right now. So, so it really comes back a little bit to what we've just said, that the, the, the clinical trials of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, one of the great strengths was that that trial was done here in South Africa. So we had data from people receiving the vaccine here in South Africa, and that data showed that this, this vaccine is, is safe to use. But as we said, that's a relatively small number of people. So there were around 6,000, 7,000 people in South Africa in the, in the phase three trial of this vaccine. And, and um, with this implementation study, the, the main purpose of this is to get the vaccine more quickly into the, into the arms of the healthcare workers, to get them protected. So it was a way to get the vaccine rolled out um, while we're waiting for the kind of full registration and the full approval of the vaccine. Mm. And, it, uh, and it allows us to just gather that data on more and more people, um, on kind of hundreds of thousands of, of people receiving the vaccine, to confirm those findings that, that this is a safe vaccine and that it's efficacious, that it works. Dr. Lessels, I'm 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 experiencing a difficulty with your line all of a sudden. Uh, I I don't know if you're able to move around where you are, but uh, we seem to be losing some of that connection to you. So so if so if I understand you correctly, then the implementation study, yes, the one purpose that it serves is to collect data, but that is not the primary purpose for why the vaccine has been rolled out in the way that it has. Well, the, the primary purpose is to get the vaccine into healthcare workers and mm. to get them protected, um, because unfortunately we've seen such a, a all of the healthcare workers getting infected with this virus and getting sick, and unfortunately some some healthcare workers dying from this virus. So there's a real imperative to get this vaccine first into the healthcare workers and to get them protected before we see um, potentially another resurgence of the of the virus here in South Africa. And this was a this was the the kind of the the best strategy to get this. Oh. Dr. Lessels, sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, I'm going to ask my producers, uh, Gwenzegile, to actually give you a call back because that line is simply uh, not working for now. We're struggling to make out what you're saying. Dr. Lessels uh, is an infectious diseases specialist at the KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform. And he's explaining just some of the processes around the vaccinations and also the implementation study 
Now, today, of course, is significant because we have this group of experts that are going to gather to try and find out how they are going to counter uh, some of the misinformation that exists out there. Of course, if you have questions, particular questions about the vaccine, that you would like to ask, you can get in touch with Dr. Lessons or you can get in touch with us on 011-714-2006. That's the number to dial, 011-714-2006. You can send your WhatsApp voice notes to 0614-104-107. Dr. Lessons, I believe you're back on the line. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're live on the talking point and we're looking at uh, how experts are planning on countering and dispelling some of the myths and the misinformation that is circulating. Uh, this is on the COVID-19 vaccines that have been developed so far. Dr. Richard Lessels is an infectious diseases specialist at the KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform. Dr. Lessels, I'm hoping it's going to be third time lucky. Hello. Hi. I hope so. <laughs> All right. Um, you, you were telling us about the implementation study and the role that it's playing um, in terms of collecting data and co- collecting evidence. Now, some people are pointing to the fact that the vaccine was developed so quickly and they're asking themselves why that has been the case when there's still so many other um, illnesses that you know humanity has been struggling to find vaccines or even cures for. That's right, and and but it's really something that we should be celebrating. We should be celebrating um, how quickly, as a as a scientific community across the world, we managed to come up with a number of different vaccines that work against this virus and that are safe. And it's really quite remarkable. And I think what there's a little bit of misunderstanding about is that we were not starting from scratch, from zero. Actually, what a lot of these vaccines have have done is kind of developed on top of um, platforms that had already been developed for other viruses, similar viruses. Um, And so once we knew uh, about this virus and knew the genetic sequence of this virus, they could very quickly start developing the vaccines within a few days Uh, back in January last year. And then what we've seen is across the world this kind of huge momentum to do all the testing, all the clinical trials that that would be required to show that these vaccines are safe and that they're efficacious. And, And really it's something that we should be proud of and we should be should be celebrating how how well that has has been done across the world. Is the development of the vaccine solely because of the amount of resources that have been put towards it? Well, I mean, that certainly helps. Um, but I, as, as, as I said, it, it, so some of it is because we had a lot of the technologies, a lot of the platforms to kind of build on top of. So, so that was a lot of work that was going on into vaccines for other diseases, like Ebola, for example, like HIV, um, some of these vaccines have used what we've learned and what we've been developing um, in terms of vaccines for these other pathogens, these other viruses mm. and, 
spending. So, um, yes, resources are clearly key, and a lot of money has been pumped into this. Um, but uh, you, we are now going to see the rewards of, of that um, money. Let me go to the phone lines. Owen, you're calling us from George. Good morning. Good morning, Cathy, and good morning to your guest. Um, my question is, I'm quite positive about <coughs> taking a vaccine. Mm. I'm almost 70. I hope it could be done sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> my my question is about the different de- um, managing which they develop the different vaccines. Um, let's say take Johnson and Johnson versus the Pfizer. And I know with uh, with some of these vaccines, they talk about the messenger when it comes to antibodies. Can the can the doctor explain that to me? Well, 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 well I as a as a person who wants a vaccine have a choice in a choosing which type of vaccine I want to I want to take rather than uh, refusing to take the vaccine right Dr. Lessels so so that's a very good question Owen, and and really talks about the fact that as as you say we've got these different vaccines that are all coming through and all being shown to be safe and 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 to be effective and that then creates this challenge of uh, people want to know what which is the best vaccine that's a kind of natural uh, kind of feeling we have we want whichever vaccine is going to be the best but it's very difficult to compare these vaccines based on on what we what we know from clinical trials because all the trials that test these vaccines they they are not all exactly the same so they're often done in different parts of the world in different countries in different population groups they they can have different definitions for um what they what they count as a as a covid case uh, to understand how effective the, the vaccine is. And, and all of that means that even when we look at these numbers and you hear us talking about um, the efficacy of vaccines, that one vaccine is 90% efficacy, another is 70%, it's very difficult to compare those. And so the bottom line is that our advice to everybody would be that the best vaccine you can get is the one that you're offered and and the earliest you're offered. Mm. And and that would certainly be my viewpoint personally, is that I will take the first vaccine that I'm offered as long as that has been shown to be safe and efficacious and has been approved for use, then I will take whatever the first vaccine is I'm offered. Very briefly, Dr. Lessels, do you think that there's a risk of um, people wanting one vaccine over the other based on the results and therefore um, resulting in a bit of a problem for the health system because we don't really get to say how much of, uh, vac- of a particular vaccine we can have. That's dependent on the market, so at least that's the impression we've been given. Yeah, I mean, I think that we are seeing a bit of that in some parts of the world. I mean, I, I, I've been reading that in Europe there's there's been some reluctance of people to take the AstraZeneca vaccine. And that may come a little bit from some of the findings here in South Africa about how the variant affected the efficacy of the 
of the AstraZeneca vaccine. But on the other hand, we're seeing results coming from the United Kingdom in the past few days showing how effective that AstraZeneca vaccine is at preventing the severe disease in the people most at, at risk, the elderly population. And so as we gather more information again, it's going to be clearer that um, that all these vaccines are, are highly effective at doing the primary thing we want them to do, which is preventing severe illness, preventing hospitalization. And therefore, it comes back to that point that rather than comparing one against another, let's take the vaccine and get ourselves protected. All right. We're in conversation with Dr. Richard Lessels. We're going to pause it there with that particular conversation and take the news headlines. We'll continue after this. Utsile, good morning. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We're in conversation with Dr. Richard Lessels. He's an infectious diseases specialist at KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform. He's been talking about some of the issues that uh, surround the vaccine, in particular the misinformation and the myths that exist that, of course, sometimes prevent people from wanting to get to get inoculated. Uh, Vuiswa is calling us from Parktown North. Vuiswa, good morning. Haven't heard Madu, from you in a while. No, you know what? I, I, I struggle to get through. I try every day. Oh, I see. Because there's a lot of things that I, I want to discuss. But, uh, you know, your, 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 your show is predominantly male callers that call every day. I know. And they block women to... to you, we, we want to contribute, but hence I was crying. We need a, a female talk show, you know. We're tired of these men. They, they just just an hour where we ban them. I, yeah. I, 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 I hear what you're saying, Vuiswa. Okay, yeah. very quickly, what okay, do you have to say yes, to Dr. Richard yes, Lessels? To the doctor there. I'm, you know, I'm one person who is very, very concerned, you know, because uh, my background, I come from the medical field before I went to media studies. And uh, I completed in England, and I practiced. I, I, I'm seeing a very, very different modus operandi, you know, of, uh, of, of how media scientists, you know, are working out their things. There's a whole secrecy that, uh, you know, the, the, the scientists and whoever is involved, you know, because I think there are people on this uh, um, virus who own, who's got more knowledge than others, and uh, I have a problem when knowledge opposes itself. Ever since the, the outbreak of this disease, of this virus, there have been a lot of things we're hearing from scientists, from doctors, and everything leaves you with a question, a question mark that is never unanswered. And it, I want to say to the doctors that uh, whatever they are, human beings are a creation of God. And they are not beyond questions as scientists and doctors. Because my problem, the way I understand implementation study, uh, the doctor can actually, you know, elaborate there or answer me, you know, in a, in a way I could understand it. Because right now I'm confused with this misconcept, mis- mis- misinformation that they are busy feeding the world. You know, this misinformation. Uh, just, just to be clear, Vuyiswa, what misinformation? Just be more specific for there's me. There's a lot of misinformation, Kathy. Mm. I can't say, I can't finish it on the air. Okay. We need time. There's a lot of misinformation because I'm recording each and every day. A scientist or a doctor is interviewed. 
I write it down and I, 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 I try to apply my mind and I, I try to find questions. I discuss with debate on our own because we don't have that platform. Mm. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of um, Give me one example. Give me yeah, one example. My, the implementation saw? study mm. for me, it, it actually uh, tells me that, you know, or influenced me that it's not a perfect, perfect vaccine. Mm. They are doing a study like they've done it in the years. You know, they've been doing implementation studies. So he, they must clarify there, you know, that it is not perfect. All right. Dr. Richard Lessels, let me bring you in here. Uh, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Risa makes a good point, a good general point there, that actually as doctors and scientists, sometimes we're not good at getting across the uncertainty and and the remaining questions and and that's a that, that's something that that some of us struggle with because we want to give clear messages and so we want to try and give some certainty in in what we're saying about what we understand but Luis was right there remains a lot of uncertainty around a lot of of things about this virus and about the vaccines and and maybe we sh- we do need to be better at communicating that that uncertainty mm-hmm. and to make clearer what the outstanding questions are i think that what she says specifically about the vaccine and the, and the study again she's quite right this vaccine is not perfect no vaccine is perfect not for this virus or for for any pathogen no vaccine will be 100% effective will protect everybody who gets it um, and no vaccine uh, can be produced that will that will be perfect so um, she's quite right about that, but that doesn't mean that the, that we're hiding information or that we're trying to to do something behind people's back. It just means that we're trying to get as much information as possible while we roll out this vaccine that will help us as we then expand that to the rest of the population. So it's just a way of getting better information that will help us, it will help the public to understand about this vaccine, and it will help us to fight this virus. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Voyiswa, for that call. I mean, Dr. Lessels, is there a likelihood that you are, or that through the study, there will be new information that comes out around this Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Well, I, I mean, there will definitely be new information uh, because we're testing it here in a specific group of people in healthcare workers. And so we'll get new information about what the level of protection is in, in that group. And this is a group that's, that's kind of at, at high risk of being exposed to the virus. So we'll get a good sense of how protective the vaccine is against severe disease in, in healthcare workers and, uh, and against kind of milder and, and, and moderate disease. And uh, it, it's also happening now at a time when we know we have this variant, the 501YV2, and so it will give us some more information about the level of protection that's offered against, against that variant. So mm-hmm. there will 
definitely be more information. And then again, on the safety front, just because it's going to be given to, to many more people than in the phase three trial, um, we'll get stronger signals about the safety of the vaccine. Mm. And, and that will be important as we then expand the rollout. Let me go to the WhatsApp line and uh, just take some of the questions that our listeners have been sending to us via voice note. Um, so, Dr. Lessels, I'll play the voice note and then you can respond after. Morning to you, Princess Kathy, and your guest. Look, I have a question for your guest regarding the efficacy of vaccines. As vaccines have a shelf life, the longer they stay on the shelves, the less uh, efficacy they have. So what guarantee does he have that these vaccines efficacy remains constant? But to me, I I don't think it does. So the longer it takes for the vaccine on the shelf, the less efficacy it has on the human being. Is that true? Thank you so much from chapter two. Dr. Lessels? So I don't think that's a big concern with this Johnson and Johnson vaccine. One of the great, one of the good things about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is its it, is its stability. So it so it's, it it can be stored for quite a long period of time at at normal kind of fridge temperature and and then can be stable at, at room temperature. So that that isn't really a concern. Obviously, we've heard about some of the different vaccines and the requirement for different levels of uh, temperature storage. But even there, we're seeing encouraging news that for the Pfizer vaccine, for example, when we initially thought that had to be stored at minus 70 degrees, the company have now produced some new data that says actually it's more stable at at um, higher temperatures than that. So we're seeing lots of encouraging uh, news there. And we don't expect the efficacy of the vaccine to drop off significantly um, as, as vaccines are stored for the rollout. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Lessels. One more voice note for you. Hi, Auntie Kathy. I would like just to know um, when uh, I get vaccine, will I get a certificate to show to my work or how will they know? What? How does it go? Because I have already get some message from my other boss saying if you don't get vaccine, you're going to be fired. So. I just would like to know if um, I get vaccine, do I get certificate or what what happened to prove that I'm vaccinated? Yes, so I think I think that when you're vaccinated, you will get a a, a card uh, at least, if if not some kind of certificate to explain which vaccine you got and on on which day and and it will be signed off and that will be something that you'll then be able to to show your employers but it's worrying that you're starting to to hear this from employers that that kind of threatening people that they'll be fired if they don't have the 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 vaccine and things we need to be we need to be a little bit careful there Mm. um but there certainly will be documentation when when people have had the vaccine and and people will be able to use that. 
Dr. Richard Lessels, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Uh, we still have so many more calls and uh, people who are asking different questions about the vaccine. I think we'll make sure that we try and have this conversation as often as possible and not take it for granted that the information is reaching people in the way that it needs to. So thank you so much uh, for coming on to the show today and taking questions. He's an infectious diseases specialist at the KwaZulu-Natal Research Innovation and Sequencing Platform. So after this quick break, we then look at the latest research. This is into tuberculosis and some of the other epidemics that are facing the country.